Section thirty seven of the Wit and Humor of America, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty Chris. The Martyrdom of Mr. Stevens by Herbert Quick. Pietro. The offence it seemeth me is one that by mercy's extremest stretch might be o'erpassed. Cosimo. Never, Pietro, never. The brotherhood's honour untouchable is touched thereby. We build our labyrinth of sacred words and potent spells and all the deep involved horrors of our craft. Its entrance hedged about with dreadful oaths and every step in threading it made dank by dripping terror and outseeping all shall it be said that even ludovico may break our faith and live never say i vision of cosimo the Belvale Lodge of the Ancient Order of Christian Martyrs held its meetings in the upper story of a tall building. Mr. Alvord called for Amidon at eight and took him up all his boldness in the world of business replaced by wariness in the atmosphere of mystery. As he and his companion went into an anteroom and were given broad collars from which were suspended metal badges called jewels, he felt a good deal like a spy. They walked into the lodge room, where twenty-five or thirty men with similar jewels sat smoking and chatting. All seemed to know him, but, much to his relief, before he could be included in the conversation, the gavel fell certain ones with more elaborate jewels and more ornate collars than the rest took the higher-backed and more highly upholstered chairs at the four sides of the room another stood at the door and still another in complete uniform with sword and belt began hustling the members to seats the deacon militant said the wielder of the gavel, will report if all present are known and tested members of our dread and mystic conclave. Almost sovereign pontiff, responded the deacon militant, who proved to be the man in the uniform, save certain strangers who appear within the confines of our sacred basilica. Let them be tested, commanded the sovereign pontiff and if brethren welcomed if spies executed amidon started and looked about for aid or avenue of escape seeing none he warily watched the deacon militant that officer walking in the military fashion which as patristic literature teaches was adopted by the early christians and turning square corners as was the habit of st paul and the apostles received whispered passwords from the two or three strangers and with a military salute announced that all present had been put to the test and welcomed then for the first time remembering that he was not among the strangers so far as known to the lodge amidon breathed freely and rather regretted the absence of executions bring forth the mystic symbols of the order was the next command 
the mystic symbols were placed on a stand in the middle of the room and turned out to be a gilt fish about the size of a four-pound bass a jar of human bones and a rolled-up scroll said to contain the gospels the fish as explained by the deacon militant typified a great many things connected with early christianity and served always as a reminder of the password of the order the relics in the jar were bones of martyrs the scroll was the book of the law amadon was becoming impressed the solemn and ornate ritual and the dreadful symbols sent shivers down his inexperienced and unfraternal spine breaking in with initiated eyes as he had done now seemed more and more a crime there was an opening ode which was so badly sung as to mitigate the awe and an order of business solemnly gone through under the head good of the order the visiting brethren spoke as if it were a class meeting and they giving testimony one of them very volubly reminding the assembly of the great principles of the order and the mighty work it had already accomplished in ameliorating the condition of a lost and wandering world amadon felt that he must have been very blind in failing to note this work until it was thus forced on his notice but he made a mental apology by the way brassfield said mr slater during a recess preceding the initiation of candidates you want to give stevens the best you've got in the catacomb scene will you make it just straight ritual or throw in some of those specialities of yours stevens catacombs gasped amidon specialities i i i wish you could have been here when i was put through went on mr slater i don't see how anyone but a professional actor or a person with your dramatic gifts can do that part at all it's so sort of ripping and and intense you know i look forward to your rendition of it with a good deal of pleasurable anticipation you don't expect me to do it do you asked amidon why who else was the counter question we can't be expected to play on the bench the best man in pennsylvania in that part can we come brassfield said the sovereign pontiff get on your regalia for the catacombs we are about to begin oh say now said amidon trying to be off-hand about it you must get somebody else what's that someone else <laughs> very likely we shall very likely thus the sovereign pontiff with fine scorn come the regalia and no nonsense i-i may be called out at any moment urged amidon amidst an outcry that seemed to indicate a breach with the martyrs then and there there are reasons why edgington took him aside is there any truth in this story said he that you have had some trouble with stevens and discharged him oh that stevens gasped amidon as if the whole discussion had hinged on picking out the right one among an army of stevenses yes it's true and i can't help confer this edgington whispered to the sovereign pontiff and the announcement was made that in the catacomb scene brother brassfield would be excused and brother bullwinkle substituted i know i never in any plane of consciousness saw any of this or knew of any of these things thought florian it is incredible 
conviction however was forced on him by the fact that he was now made to don a black domino mask and to march carrying a tin-headed spear with a file of similar figures to examine the candidate who turned out to be the discharged stevens sitting in an anteroom foolish and apprehensive and looking withal much as he had done in the counting-room he was now asked by the leader of the file in a sepulchral tone several formal questions among others whether he believed in a supreme being stevens gulped and said yes he was then asked if he was prepared to endure any ordeal to which he might be subjected and warned unless he possessed nerves of steel he had better turn back for which measure there was yet time stevens in a faint voice indicated that he was ready for the worst and desired to go on then all except amidon in awesome accents intoned be brave and obedient and all may yet be well and they passed back into the lodge-room amidon was now thoroughly impressed and wondered whether stevens would be able to endure the terrible trials hinted at clad in a white robe typifying innocence and marching to minor music played upon a piano stevens was escorted several times around the darkened room stopping from time to time at the station of some officer to receive highly improving lectures every time he was asked if he were willing to do anything or believed anything he said yes finally with the scroll of the law in one hand and with the other resting on the bones of martyrs surrounded by the brethren whose drawn swords and leveled spears threatened death he repeated an obligation which bound him not to do a great many things and to keep the secrets of the order to amidon it seemed really awful albeit somewhat florid in style and when alvord nudged him at one passage in the obligation he resented it as an irreverence then he noted that it was a pledge to maintain the sanctity of the family circle of brother martyrs and alvord's reference of the night before to the obligation as affecting his association with the strawberry blonde took on new and fearful meaning stevens seemed to be vibrating between fright and a tendency to laugh as the voice of some well-known fellow-citizen rumbled out from behind a deadly weapon he was marched out to the same minor music and the first act was ended the really esoteric part of it amidon felt was to come as he could see no reason for making a secret of these very solemn and edifying matters stevens felt very much the same way about it and was full of expectancy when informed that the next degree would test his obedience he highly resolved to obey to the letter the next act disclosed stevens hoodwinked and the room light he was informed that he was in the catacombs familiar to the early christians and must make his way alone and in darkness following the clue of faith which was placed in his hands this clue was a white cord similar to the sort used by masons in the building trades 
he groped his way along by it to the station of the next officer who warned him of the deadly consequences of disobedience thence he made his way onward holding on to the clue of faith until he touched a trigger of some sort which let down upon him an avalanche of tinware and such light and noisy articles which frightened him so that he started to run and was dexterously tripped by the deacon militant and a spearman and caught in a net held by two others a titter ran about the room obey thundered the vice-pontiff and all will be well stevens resumed the clue at the station of the next officer to whom it brought him the nature of faith was explained to him and he was given the password ich thus whispered so that all in that part of the room could hear the interdicted syllables but he was adjured never never to utter it unless to the guardian of the portal on entering the lodge to the deacon militant on the opening thereof or to a member when he stevens should become sovereign pontiff then he was faced toward the vice pontiff and told to answer loudly and distinctly the questions asked him what is the lesson inculcated in this degree asked the vice pontiff from the other end of the room obedience shouted stevens in reply what is the password for this degree ich thus responded stevens a roll of stage thunder sounded deafeningly over his head the piano was swept by a storm of bass passion and deep cries of treason treason echoed from every side poor stevens tottered and fell into a chair placed by the deacon militant he saw the enormity of the deed of shame he had committed he had told the password you have all heard this treason said the sovereign pontiff in the deepest of chest tones a treason unknown in all the centuries of the past what is the will of the conclave i would imprecate on the traitor's head said a voice from one of the high-backed chairs the ancient doom of the law doom doom said all in unison holding the oo in a most blood-curdling way pronounce doom one fate and one alone pronounced the sovereign pontiff can be yours brethren let him forthwith be encased in the chest of the clanking chains and hurled from the tarpian rock to be dashed in fragments at its stony base amadon's horror was modified by the evidences of repressed glee with which this sentence was received yet he felt a good deal of concern as they brought out a great chest threw the struggling stevens into it slammed down the ponderous lid and locked it stevens kicked at the lid but said nothing the members leaped with joy a great chain was brought and wrapped clankingly about the chest let me out 
now yelled the christian martyr let me out damn you doom doom roared the voices and said the sovereign pontiff in impressive tones proceed with the execution now the chest was slung up to a hook in the ceiling and gradually drawn back by a pulley until it was far above the heads of the men the chains meanwhile clanking continually against the receptacle from which came forth a stream of smothered profanity hurl him down to the traitor's death shouted the sovereign pontiff the chest was loosed and swung like a pendulum lengthwise of the room down almost to the floor and up nearly to the ceiling the profanity now turned into a yell of terror the martyrs slapped one another's backs and grew blue in the face with laughter at a signal a light box was placed where the chest would crush it which it did with a sound like a small railway collision the chest was stopped and the lid raised let the body receive christian burial said the sovereign pontiff our vengeance ceases with death this truly christian sentiment was received with universal approval death seemed to all a good place at which to stop brethren said the deacon militant as he struggled with the resurgent stevens there seems to be some life here methinks the heart beats and the remainder of the passage from the ritual was lost to amidon by reason of the fact that stevens had placed one foot against the deacon's stomach and hurled that august officer violently to the floor let every test of life be applied said the sovereign pontiff perchance some higher will than ours decrees his preservation take the body hence for a time if possible restore him to life and we will consider his fate the recess which followed was clearly necessary to afford an opportunity for the calming of the risibilities of the martyrs the stage too had to be reset Amadon's ethnological studies had not equaled his reading in Bell's letters, and he was unable to see the deep significance of these rites from an historical standpoint, and that here was a survival of those orgies to which our painted and skin-clad ancestors devoted themselves in spasms of religious frenzy, gazed at by Cave Bear and the Mammoth. The uninstructed Amadon regarded them as inconceivable horseplay, while thus he mused stevens who was still hoodwinked and being greatly belectured on the virtue of faith and the duty of obedience re-entered on his ordeal he was now informed by the officer at the other end of the room that every man must ascend into the mountains of temptation and be tested before he could be pronounced fit for companionship with martyrs therefore a weary climb heavenward was before him and a great trial of his fidelity on his patience daring and fortitude depended all his future in the order he was marched to a ladder and bidden to ascend i said the deacon militant upon this companion stair will accompany you but there was no other ladder and the deacon militant had to stand upon a chair up the ladder labored stevens but though he climbed manfully 
he remained less than a foot above the floor the ladder went down like a treadmill as stevens climbed it it was an endless ladder rolled down on stevens side and up on the other the deacon militant from his perch on the chair encouraged stevens to climb faster so as not to be outstripped with labored breath and straining muscles he climbed the martyrs rolling on the floor in merriment all the more violent because silent amadon himself laughed to see this strenuous climb so strikingly like human endeavor which puts the climber out of breath and raises him not a whit except in temperature at the end of perhaps five minutes when stevens might well have believed himself a hundred feet above the roof he had achieved a dizzy height of perhaps six feet on the summit of a stage property mountain where he stood beside the deacon militant his view of the surrounding plain cut off by papier-mache clouds and facing a foul fiend to whom the deacon militant confided that here was a candidate to be tested and qualified whereupon the foul fiend remarked ha ha and bade them bind him to the plutonium thunderbolt and hurl him down to the netherworld the thunderbolt was a sort of toboggan on rollers for which there was a slide running down presumably to the netherworld above mentioned the hoodwink was removed and stevens looked about him treading warily like one on the top of a tower the great height of the mountain made him giddy obediently he lay face downward on the thunderbolt and yielded up his wrists and ankles to fastenings provided for them they're not going to lower him with those cords are they it was a stage whisper from the darkness which spake this oh i guess it's safe enough said another in the same sort of agitated whisper safe was the reply i tell you it's sure to break someone stop em to the heart of the martyred stevens these words struck panic but as he opened his mouth to protest the catastrophe occurred there was a snap and the toboggan shot downward bound as he was the victim could see below him a brick wall right across the path of his descent he was helpless to move it was useless to cry out for all that as he felt in imagination the crushing shock of his head driven like a battering ram against this wall he uttered a roar such as from achilles might have roused armed nations to battle and even as he did so his head touched the wall there was a crash and stevens lay safe on a mattress after his ten-foot slide surrounded by fragments of red and white paper which had lately been a wall he was pale and agitated and generally done for but tremendously relieved when he had assured himself of the integrity of his cranium this he did by repeatedly feeling of his head and looking at his fingers for sanguinary results as amadon looked at him he repented of what he had done to this thoroughly maltreated fellow-man after the catacomb scene which was supposed to be impressive and some more of the secret work everybody crowded about stevens now invested with the collar and jewel of martyrhood and laughed and congratulated him as on some great achievement while he looked half pleased and half bored amadon with the rest greeted him 
and told him that after his vacation was over he hoped to see him back at the office that was a fine exemplification of the principles of the order said alvord as they went home what was said amidon hiring old stevens back answered alvord you've got to live your principles or they don't amount to much suppose some fellows should get into a lodge asked amidon well said avord there isn't much chance of that i shouldn't dare to say you can't tell what the fellows would do when such sacred things were profaned you know you couldn't tell what they might do end of the martyrdom of mr stevens reading by marty chris